When it comes to your business, your career or your sport or any other interest that you might have, what does to thrive mean to you? It could mean to be successful perhaps or to reach the top of your game. But when it comes to your life, what does thrive mean then? Well, it could mean to grow, to develop or to flourish. But what if it was to mean for you to reach your truest, highest potential that is unique to you so that you get the recognition and the reward that you desire and ultimately get to make the impact you want to make? Or you get to make the difference you want to make, whether that be in your business, your career, your family, your community, your country or even in the world. And what if it was also to have freedom? Now, for many, when the word freedom is used, it conjures up financial freedom or personal freedom. However, I view freedom as much more than that. It's complete freedom. It's being free to be the truest essence of who you are without the limitations, where we don't have anything holding us back in terms of the negative thoughts, judgments, patterns or beliefs that keep us from achieving that which we innermost desire, where we get to achieve what we want to achieve, what we're meant to achieve. That for me is real freedom. Now, in the last episode, I talked about the snakes and ladders life, about where we find ourselves sometimes moving three steps forward and two steps back, where throughout our life, we encounter challenges while also achieving wins. But I also mentioned that life is a game and with it being a game, it's supposed to be fun. So what if you had the rule book and the know-how in order to not only win the game, but to excel at playing it and that life then turns out to be fun and enjoyable? where you get to see the much bigger picture, as well as your part in that picture, your role, your purpose, as well as knowing how to achieve it and to fulfill it. Well, when I'm working with clients, that's what the executive code does. On this podcast, I'll be talking about the elements that you need so as to know the rulebook, as well as how to play the game of life, so that ultimately you get to reach your truest, highest potential. But why is it that people don't reach their highest potential? Well, if you were to break the population down into four categories, what you will find in the first category are the people that struggle. These are people that no matter how hard they work, and they generally do work very hard, their business still struggles. Generally, what keeps them struggling is their fears. Then there's the next category of people that are just doing okay. This is where the majority of people are. And because they're doing okay, they hit a glass ceiling what I call the good enough ceiling. This is the ceiling that what they're achieving is good enough for them. And what keeps them going is that when things start to drop from being good enough to being okay, fear starts to kick in. And then they start working harder or doing something active in order to get back to being good enough. And as soon as they reach their good enough ceiling, they relax and take their foot off the gas. So they continuously go through this cycle of good enough to fear to good enough, to back to fear, then to good enough, and so on. And for the ones that want to get past the good enough ceiling, well, they're the ones that get to being great. Because they're the people that do a lot better than all the others, the strugglers and the okay people. They're doing just great. And then there's the small percentage of the population that are thriving. It's a really small percentage, but why is that? Well, take the many clients I've worked with over the years as a business consultant and the thousands of people I've observed. The vast majority of people have a vision of where they want to get to. They have an image of what they want their life or their business or their career to look like. 
And in order to achieve that vision, they invest in all the mechanics of getting their business, their career, or their life right, whether it be the product or the service that they're gonna sell, the career path they're gonna take, or the relationship, the home, the family, whatever it is that they wanna bring about. And they also look at what they need to help them along the way. So they invest in people, in sales and marketing, technology, university courses for their business or for their career. Or they look for that house or relationship that will make them fulfilled. But then there's the percentage of people that understand that they themselves need to improve. So they attend courses or get coaching on how to be a better business owner, a better manager, a better employee or a better partner. And they believe that by improving themselves, they'll succeed more and be better for others. On one of these episodes, I'll talk about why that is such a bad idea. But for now, let me talk about the tiny percentage of people that do thrive. They're the ones that realize that it's not about changing others and it's not about changing themselves. It's about changing how they view the world and how they interact in the world. You see, Buddha talked about three different types of people. And this forms part of what I'm talking about here. There's the people that are asleep, then there's the people that are awakened, and then there are those that are enlightened. They're the ones that know who they truly are. But there's also the ones that not only know who they truly are, but live life from being who they truly are. And that there is a very, very tiny percentage of the world population. Let me tell you what happens. You see, there are 12 states of being that people pass through. Now, what I mean by a state of being is that it's about how you view yourself. It's how you would describe yourself in terms of your mental state or how you perceive yourself in the world. Now, for the purpose of this episode, I'm going to cover five of the 12 states. First of all, there's the state of despair. Now, this is where you feel empty, that your life is meaningless. You you wonder what the point of living is for. You have a sense that other people just don't get you. You might even find yourself curled up on the couch crying, as well as literally crying out in despair for your situation. How it shows up is that you have a low mood or you have little energy for doing anything. You isolate yourself from others and sometimes contemplate ending your life. In fact, you're just surviving. And for many people, this is their life behind closed doors. Whereas to the outside world, they'll portray something completely different. They might portray that everything is fine, because, as I said, others just don't get them. Then there's the state of hope. It's a good bit better than the state of despair. This is where you're looking towards the future. You're planning ahead. You have desires or dreams to fulfill, but you also have fears that hold you back. But you're not thinking about ending your life. You're thinking about and hopeful for what your life could be like in the future. You have a sense of identity of who you are, And this might be expressed in terms of your business, your career, your job title, or whatever is most important to you in your life. You have a focus and you're interacting with other people. It doesn't matter if you class yourself as extrovert or introvert, you're still engaged with the world and not wanting to isolate yourself. Unlike when you're in the stage of despair. You're hardworking and you're hopeful about your future and want to achieve your goals as quickly as possible. Then there's the stage of belief. Belief about yourself. You have a sense of how good you can be. Your ego is higher than the other two states of despair and hope. You feel more confident. You feel you're becoming more successful. Your aim is to achieve as much as you possibly can. But it tends to be in terms of money, relationships or status. In essence, there's no real meaning to what you're doing. You're doing what you're doing to get ahead, 
to get the money, to pay the bills, to buy the things that you want to buy, to have the holidays that you want to have. You're ambitious, you're driven. You have loads of toys, the cars, the houses, the holidays, the meals out, the possessions. You even have a title. And it's at that state of being that the critical line is present. It's that critical line that is the threshold. Because on one side, you have the states of despair, hope and belief. And then on the other side of the critical line are the states of knowing and mastery. There are a number of things that show up in our life in order to make us aware of this critical line. It can be the sudden death of a loved one, the illness that alters our life, the financial loss from our business or redundancy, or the separation or divorce. It's these moments of impact that get us to reflect inwardly. Now, for some people, they get over the speed bump, so to speak, and they go back to the way they were before, before the death of their loved one, before the illness, before the financial setback, or before the divorce, or whatever it was. But for others, there is a slow awakening. They have a desire for something better, to be greater, to thrive. Or they have a sense that they should be doing something different. Like as if they're being called to something greater, to make a difference, to make an impact. Not just in terms of their business or their career, but in terms of making other people's lives better off. It's at that critical line that they move to the state of knowing. They have an inner calling to change towards something greater. They have more compassion for others or for their environment. They get more inspired thoughts as they listen more to their intuition or their unconscious mind. They seek out more and more knowledge. They attend more courses in a search of a deeper truth. As Buddha would describe, they are becoming more awakened. They become more deeply spiritually aware and have a much deeper awareness of a higher power, God, universe, higher mind or source, whatever the term might be. They become more about giving to others and serving others. It's less about themselves and more about others. They understand deeply what it's meant by emotional intelligence because they feel it deeply inside themselves. They become more emotional themselves. They're more inspired by the wonderment of nature, the universe and the accomplishments of other people. Some get involved in coaching others or volunteering as they see and feel the impact that it makes for themselves and for others. But for many, they are still a split person. Inwardly on one side of the split person, they're trying desperately to hold on to the old world that they knew before, the, the world that was on the other side of the critical line, that critical threshold line, the world of what fed their ego, while on the other side, they're aching to follow their inner self, their calling of what it is they're being called towards. And this unsettling battle between the outer and the inner world can be very difficult for many people if they don't know how to navigate it or they don't have someone there to guide them. And then there's the state of mastery, the ultimate way of living, the ultimate way of being. Because in this stage, you're on a mission. You're driven, not like before, you're driven to achieve your mission for the impact you know it will have on others. You feel abundant in all meanings of the word. There is no scarcity. You are in sheer awe and gratitude of how the universe works. You are completely in flow and have total freedom. You know how the universe works. The freedom that I spoke about earlier, that's what you get to actually achieve, to experience. You're free from everything. You have no attachment to anything. You are one, and you're in oneness with everything and everyone. You know love in its purest sense, in its divine sense, in its unconditional sense, 
in its non-judgmental sense for everything and for everyone. You're a pioneer in your field, a leader, a maverick. You question the status quo as you know there's a better way. Your desire to make an impact is at its greatest. You want to bring about change, bring about influence, and equally are well rewarded for it as you completely understand the law of compensation. You know how to flow and interact with the universe. You have become the true alchemist. That's true mastery. You know, experience and work with the true inner power that you have inside, that amazing power that everyone has, but they just haven't tapped into it. That's the stage I want to bring you to through what I call the executive code. Now to recap, the five states that I've outlined here, out of the 12 in total, are despair, hope, belief, knowing, and mastery. Now for many people, they can spend days, weeks, months, or even years in the same stage. Whereas for others, they might find themselves going up and down different states throughout the day, throughout the week, or the month, or the year. A bit like the heartbeat monitor I spoke about in the last episode. Different things trigger them. And from that trigger, their state changes. It's by identifying the triggers and then dissolving them that we manage to maintain equilibrium and then move up to higher states much quicker. In my first book, Evolve, I outline some of the elements that you need to invoke in order to get to the state of mastery. When you know and understand the different states of being and you know the difference between each state, you realize what needs to be done to get to a higher state. Now, it would be good for you to identify which state you would consider yourself as being in, and then from that, determine what you need to do to move to a higher state. So until the next episode, I wish you every success.